Welcome to your Midwest Garden Podcast. Today we have a special guest from a national gardening magazine. Can you believe it? Stay tuned. This is season one, episode 16. Yep, sweet 16. Hello again, I'm Michael Rourke, the garden guy, along with freshman gardener slash producer Scott. Say hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. <laughs> Typical. That was, uh, you know, they did that on a, uh, uh, what was it, a uh, television show in the late 60s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Chloe Dykey from Garden Gate Magazine. Welcome, Chloe. Hi, thank you for having me on the show today. Well, well thank you for go- going on. I mean, we're basically honored. I mean, this is a national magazine in itself. We're pumped. Well, I'm pumped. So I'm, let me give everybody... I'm pumped. <laughs> awesome. She sounds excited. Who are these guys? So let me give everybody listening in a little background. So Chloe writes various articles for Garden Gate, and my favorite, as usual, are the MacGyver-style tips in hints that everybody can use at home, save a few minutes, save a few bucks, and get a nice look. And we'll also have the link to the show uh, in the show notes for their sign-up to their magazine. They have subscriptions, and you can do all that. And it's why well, I also noticed that they had a promotion that you know you can sign up or you as a gift you can give two people for the price of one on this too. I mean, I was doing my research, believe it or not. Well, we'll let, we'll let Chloe tell us all about that. All right. Well, I know Scott and Chloe have been arranging this show for quite some time now. Maybe a, co- how many, a couple of weeks? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this. Now, today, Chloe has a bunch of tips and hints for your garden that their readers and editors have suggested. But first, let's have Chloe introduce herself and the magazine. Chloe, you ready? Go for it. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, we are a national magazine, Garden Gate. Um, our website is GardenGateMagazine.com if you want to go check us out. Um, and yeah, we'll have a link for subscriptions and all sorts of other, um, links and stuff for you to know. Um, but, uh, something that I get to do as part of the magazine article that I get to write in every issue is the reader reader's tips. And, um, it's just really a fun one because we have submissions from readers and gardeners all over the nation and MacGyver style. That is so accurate because I'm always amazed at the resourcefulness of readers and uh, just the things that you might come up with that you just would not expect to work in the garden. So I have a lot of um, kind of zany tips to share today, Excellent. as well as just like some, some good solid tips. Every time that we write a story, we're always asking each other like, could you give us more tips about that? We always want to pack the magazine with as many takeaways as possible. So, and, and I'm going to I'm going to give you one today. You're going to give you're going to give Chloe a tip. I'm well, not that she needs to take it, but, but I you will. know, yeah, Chloe, I got to tell you a little history of Scott. Oh, um, okay. Basically, <laughs> he is an he is an extraordinary producer. I mean, he's been doing this for like 35 years. He's worked in the industry. Um, now he is primarily he's in a he well he he married into a family business that is basically in the gardening field but he has showed absolutely zero interest for the last 30 years in gardening itself primarily because he's a proud man he doesn't want to show that he doesn't know anything about it now until one day one day he asked me he goes mike come here i said yes god he goes what kind of bush is this 
And I go, well, it's big. And he goes, well, you know, I, I got to do something about it. I mean, is this dead? And it looked it. I mean, yeah, kind of, I think so. It was a boxwood. And he hadn't okay. trimmed it for like 100 years. And it just, you know, was showing winter damage brown, had a little attitude problem. Got, got way too big for the landscape. And so It was out I, of proportion. Well, yeah, it was out of proportion. And he goes, should I just dig it out and get rid of it? I said, well, you can try some, or, or should I, you know, trim it? He trimmed it, uh, gave it a haircut, he thought, and it was nothing but a bunch of dead sticks. It rebounded. And now he thinks he's a gardening gnome. Um, he's <laughs> now getting involved in everything and anything in gardening. So we've created the monster with Scott. Yeah. Now he's Great. extremely interested in, in things like your tips, for instance, making it easy. In the old days, you know, there was this uh, gardening show on PBS where they'd use 72-syllable botanical words to de- describe it, you know, a you. Um, yes. The tips that you're coming up with, are they going to be just standard English? I mean, people, you know, yeah, let's take a bobby pin and put it in here and then go from there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chloe, what tips do you have? Hit us, Chloe. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a list because I have a lot of tips and I, um, you know, have experienced gardening, but I am not full of all of the answers. So if you have a question about something, I will do my best to answer it. Okay. But we're going to start with the tips that I have. Go for it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, okay. So I thought we'd start with some fun ones right off the bat because like I said, resourceful resourcefulness is a common trait among gardeners. So we often get tips that it's like using um, the same item in a variety of ways. Everybody uses, you know, like it finds a new way to use a a tuna can or something like that. Um, And then we also always have like tips that are, you know, a new way to tie up or stake your plant. So there's new ways to stake your plants. Prepare to be, yeah, stake, stake your plant. Yeah, go for it. to be wild, wild, wild. Yeah, prepare to be wild because the a common item that is submitted in the tips is nylon stockings. So people use their nylon stockings, old ones, in the garden in some really clever ways. So I have about six. <laughs> I think. Okay, six ways. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, so one of the first tips is to take, you know, cut it off cut off an island stocking and then you can just um, put it over top of a seed head after your flowers have bloomed. You know, they set seeds and they start to get dry and then the seeds can be shaken out really easily. You put the nylon stocking over top, shake some seeds into the stocking and then you can just tie it up and hang it to dry and store it that way. So it's like very simple way. So in essence, in essence, you don't even have to touch the the seed head. I mean, you just put the stocking over the top of it. Yeah, and then shake it a little bit shake so that the seeds. the seeds drop in there. Yeah. Well, will the yep. seeds come out or will they stay in? You're talking about they're going to stay in the stocking. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's the whole so idea. Just, yeah, so you hang it up a little bit to let them dry so no mold or anything forms, no moisture, and then you can just store them like you would your seeds and plant them again next year. Can can you, I mean you're 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 talking perennials basically uh, things of that nature even well now sunflower seed heads are huge you don't want to do use it on yeah. that but coneflower but, things of that nature coneflower yes lilies yeah. uh-huh. daylilies I'm not sure day can you do that with it? can you put all the, uh, the the pods from the daylilies in there they they basically make no. their own little um, uh, they you do. Know, they, yeah. Yeah. yeah 
They'll dry. That would be an example of one that doesn't work so well because, you know, you usually have to kind of break those open. Leave it to freshman Scott to bring up something that doesn't work. Yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) What about annuals? Let's say, for instance, um, uh, marigolds. You can do that for those as well? Yeah, marigold zinnias, it probably would work. Um, I get you. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait a minute. And this way they can start them in February. And we can talk to you again about some more tips about that. But, okay, a nylon. Basically, I, I mean... Do you leave, uh, I'm going to sound ignorant, I, I I don't use nylons that often, however, when it comes down <laughs> he, to he the... He still has them, he well, just doesn't yeah, use I, them. Now I'm, now no. I'm really going to be secure in using right. them. Yeah. Um, the, the, the very toe of it, or are you just talking tie the toe off and then just shake the seed head into it and then tie the other end off so that they don't fall out? Yeah, yep, yep. So you would use the toe, so it's like, you know, the end of the the stocking so you just have one open end okay and then they fall into the the toe okay stocking and then nylons are Um, a big hit on that Um, yes i know i just getting started with the nylons okay anything anything else you can use the nylon on or for yes yeah okay so you can use them for plant ties like i mentioned as a way to tie up your plants well sure um which is super easy just because they're lightweight so they won't choke out the stem or cause any damage to your plants. So that's a nice way to tie up your plants. Um, you can also use them to cover up apples, cucumbers, even broccoli. You know, some of the produce when it's young, before it gets infested by bugs, if you would just put um, a nylon loosely over top, then they have room to grow. But um, caterpillars will likely not be able to get through. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott, I never even thought of that. This is great. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I like this one. Um, making your own um, herb and flower drying rack. So then you take a, like, baking pan, you know, a shallow one that's only a couple inches tall, and then you put, you stretch a nylon stocking over top of the pan so that way there's, like, um you know, a layer over top mm-hmm. that has air circulation beneath it. And then you can lay your herbs or if you have flowers that you want to dry, you can lay them on top of there. And um, this reader this is a reader's tip. Um, she submitted it and said it only takes like six hours for them to dry completely. So then they're ready to be stored, which is nice because otherwise there's you can hang them to dry, but they take a while and then they get dusty, she says, or... You know, there's some issues with doing it the other way, but this is a really easy way to do it. So, yeah, because you're getting like that one. You're getting air on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Circulating yeah. it. Yeah. Now you're talking. You can. You said six hours for your herbs. I mean, things like basil. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, I think if you put them in a single layer, then they won't be you know stacked up on each other. They dry faster. When you said pan, I'm I'm imagining or visioning, uh, visualizing a like a bread pan. Are you talking something that deep yes. or you are, you are? Okay. Yep. Like a bread pan or a casserole pan. That way it's a little, you have a little more space. A little bit larger pan. casserole pan. Yep. See, we're taking, thank you. We're doing, we're, we're writing this down. We are learning. Uh, you have anything <laughs> else on nylons? Yes. Okay. Um, two ways that you can use nylons to plant into the nylons. So one lady had a slope that um, she needed to plant on. And, you know, when you have young, small plants on a slope, it can be kind of tricky because water runoff or they can dry out, stuff like that. So she filled the nylon with soil, potting soil, 
and then, or a mix, I guess, of topsoil and compost and vermiculite and peat moss, I think. Um, so, you know, just anything that you would plant, any um, soil or potty mix that you would plant in, she filled the nylon. And then um, it was about like three feet long and eight inches wide because you can really fill it, pack it full of soil. Mm-hmm. And she just poked, poked some holes in the top, planted her little plugs of plants into the nylon. And then she secured that planter made out of nylon into her slope using, um, I think wire hangers that she cut so that it was secured to the slope. And then it was less likely to be like caught with water and off. Yeah. And then the roots could just grow right out of the nylon and into, and she covered it with mulch. So it looked better. Like it didn't have, look like there was nylon there. So kind of like a burlap bag for a large tree idea. Uh, yes. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're just miniaturizing it. And when you're talking, yeah. the, when you're talking the hangers, are you talking both ends of the hanger? You cut it off, and then you use that. You punch it in the ground, and it'll anchor it. Yes. Yep. Ah. Cut off the wire hangers. Yeah. All right. You're anchoring it with the. Again, we're writing all of this down, and it makes about a three by eight. One thing that's that's a curiosity. You're talking just the single nylons, not the uh, not the uh, pantyhose or anything of that nature. Yeah. Well, I think either works. Because you can cut the pantyhose in half if you yep. needed to. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, exactly. So you don't have to write yep. this down, Mike. It's all in the magazine. Well, that's why I'm... Let her do the talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> move on, Chloe. Next. <laughs> okay. Here's the last one, then we'll move on from okay. the nylon stock. Um, but I like this one. A lady, again, filled a nylon stocking with planting uh, potting mix. So that it was like, she filled it very full. They stretched, you know, a lot. And it was like the shape, uh, a round shape. So it looked like the shape of a boulder. And then she planted some plants on the top. And then she set it in her like waterfall pond. She planted like, you know, plants that tolerate a lot of moisture. Put them among the rocks. So it looks like another rock. And then... It's like, you know, plants cascading down with the waterfall. That's and that'll, cool. That, that, you'll be able to retain the soil, the medium that's in there, the root system of the plant's going to be able to. What about watering on that? I mean, is that's, that going to be kind of self-sustaining? Yeah, uh, self-sustaining. I think you would actually have to watch that it's not too deep in water and gets too much, depending on which plant you have. Oh, there. yeah. Now, 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 you said that was going to be the last one with the pantyhose that you're talking about. Um, yeah, the, oh, ma- the pantyhose. I have plenty more. You have plenty of pantyhose suggestions? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is pantyhose really, yeah, I'm going to go out to Kmart or something and buy some cheap pantyhose. What color? Does, yeah. you don't does want, the color matter, Mike? You don't have to have dye. No. no the, why would you spend more for that? Just go with the natural. What do they call I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an expert on pantyhose. And <laughs> you, you can make fun of this. I'm serious. This is going to be fun. Do you have, uh, uh, before we go on into others, I mean... The website itself, on the tips from the from the uh, readers, from the your, your customers, do they supply photos of things as well for suggestions? Oftentimes they do. Yes, it's not required. Okay. And sometimes we still choose to reshoot the tip oh, ourselves. You, do. you know, gotcha. To fit our magazine how it needs to, but yeah, you can um, submit photos. Um, either if you mail in, you know, you can mail a photo or online with our online tip submission page, you can include a photo as well. Okay. Tip number two. All right. Yes. Um, 
Well, I thought we would, you know, broaden it out a little bit and talk about one of the most important things in the garden, which is the dirt that you're working in. Because, you know, a good garden starts with the soil. See, you said it. I was, go for it. This is, see, the difference between soil and dirt. And Well, go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good point that, you know, there's dirt, which is just like, maybe you would call that like the topsoil and stuff. Sure. Nice, rich, loose soil because it'll help your plants like tremendously. Um, so how do you do that? Primarily with compost. And I know this is probably not a new concept for a lot of people, but composting is like a, you know, super helpful way to have a wonderful garden. And I like this way. One quick, easy takeaway for everybody. Everybody should be able to do this tip to be able to also help your soil maintain moisture and, um, you know, provide a, a place for plants to grow with using mulch um, is to use not your standard wood chip mulch, but uh, leaves. <laughs> you can just use leaf mulch, which is collecting all the dried leaves from your garden or maybe your neighbor's garden or whatever. And then you chop them up with a mower so they're nice and um, pretty small. And then you just use them as you would bark mulch over your garden beds. And, um, yeah, it just kind of does double duty. If you did like two to three inches deep, that suppresses weeds, keeps the moisture down. And then, um, you know, leaves don't last very long. Like after the season, they'll start to decompose into the soil, which will help build your soil up and provide more of that like hummusy, loose and nutrient dense soil that your plants will love. So you're saying just leave it open and uh, you're not like, let's say if you're going to an extension or something and they're recommending like a three-step process with compost bins and you got to take one, then two, three months later, then three later. What you're saying is make this really easy. Take the leaves, emulsify them with the lawnmower, rake it into a pile, uh-huh. add your other ingredients and put it into the area where you're talking uh, uh, to, to grow whatever you're going to be growing. Well, yes, you don't need to add any other ingredients. Um, I mean, you would still, if you are a composter, like definitely still add compost to your soil. It has, you know, if you're doing the whole like leaves and kitchen scraps and um, debris and all of that to make compost, that is still more valuable than this. But this is a really easy, really cheap, simple, instant way to uh, increase your soil's health. I put a little star next to this with another concept on that. You're mulching. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need the mower because that's going to spread things. I mean, if you don't have a catch bag, you know, like yeah. those leaf rakes like Toro has that where they suck up the leaves and shred them 15 to 1, throw them in a bag for you. It's, you know, I got, yeah. I got one of those. So you can use that and then all that stuff's right in the bag, 15 to 1, and then you can dump it in your compost pile. Or- you see, yeah. you struck something up. Scott is becoming a monster with this. But I used to do that with leaves. I mean, there were people in the fall when the, when the leaves, whether they were oak or maple or whatever, I would leave the leaves lay, not three inches thick, but I would go over them with a mulching lawnmower, reincorporate mm-hmm. those leaves back into the ground, and that re- reincorporates the nutrients back into the soil and it helps for a healthier lawn. So she's using this basically for um, yeah. just planting in general. Yeah. I'll be darned. Enriching the soil. I'll be darned. Okay, I'm jotting that. Yeah, there's a star on that one. Keep going, Chloe. We're writing these down. We're, we're, we're A students here. 
Okay, sounds good. Well, I'm kind of just walking through, like, you know, how, how a garden grows. So we start with the soil. Next, we have a couple tips with starting the seeds. If you start seeds indoors, we have oh, so many tips for starting seeds, but I just pulled out a couple really simple ones. Again, being really resourceful with the materials you already have, there are a lot of options for um, using containers for seed, starting seeds indoors. You know, like you don't always have to buy the plastic trays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's super easy to recycle. So here's just some ideas. We have uh, somebody who used plastic takeout containers that have um, a plastic lid. So that way you can um, fill the plastic container with the soil, plant your seeds, and then put the lid on top because that will help um, keep the humidity levels. That will help the seeds germinate right away. And it's like a tiny little greenhouse. And then you take the top off after seeds emerge a little bit. But so it's a super easy way if you have plastic takeout containers. I know, you know, a lot of people are getting takeout food these days. So keep one and use it. Yeah, that's great. Well, no, are you uh, talking, there's like a delicatessen down the road from me, and I'm, being that I'm a single male, I don't cook for seven people, I just cook for myself. But they have yeah. these plastic trays, they're about three inches deep, and they have this clear lid on top of them yep. with the meal that you can see. Are those the ones you're talking about? Yes, that is ah. exactly it. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you want to make incubator. sure the lid... Yeah, a little incubator. Well, yeah, you want to make sure the lid isn't like flat. It needs to have a little bit of space for the seeds to be able to emerge. So that way they don't just emerge right onto the lid. But then you take yeah. them out of there and then you transition those to another. Keep going, keep going. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, a couple other containers using your um, Keurig coffee cups or your single serve coffee. Oh, yeah. Like plastic coffee things. Um after you make your coffee, you dump the grinds out, and then you um, just put your soil right in there, and you poke a hole in the bottom. Or actually, it usually already has a hole poked in if it if it's used because that's right. how the Keurig works. And then, yeah, so then when they grow, when they outgrow that little cup, you transplant them up to a big pot, of course. Um, let's see. Well, can can I take those coffee grinds and put them in a certain plant? versus just yeah. throwing them away? Well, I have, yeah, a, I, I have a little tip on that. Um, did you know yes, that there's tannins good. in that that help to decrease the amount if you're going to do a compost and there's a little bit of an ambiance that people don't like when it decomposes, mm-hmm. you can use the coffee. Basically, the tannins in it will neutralize the smell. And it's a natural oh. nitrogen source. Little tip from my care. See, I'm adding to this one. High five. That was great. High five. Air high five. Uh, thank you. That went yes, later. air high five. All right, Chloe, continue. Okay, Chloe. We're, we're excited. We keep interrupting. This is, I, I am excited. Uh, yeah, I know. I have a lot of other good ones, so I'll keep going. Um, let's see. When you plant your seedlings, then, you plant them outside um, in the springtime. And if you are familiar with how a cloche works, it's, you know, a little cover that can protect a seedling from little animals that like to dig or um, it helps keep the seedling at a warmer temperature in case it's a little cool still. And um, so a couple things that people use to make their own, because you can buy cloches that are pretty and kind of spendy, or you can use like an old wire hanging basket without the liner and you put it over top of your um, seedlings 
to add a little protection. And then if it's going to be a frost or get temperatures dip down in the in the nighttime, you throw a little um, row cover cloth, like a really, really thin cloth over top to mm-hmm. keep it warm. Yeah. And yeah, so super easy way to do that. Um, another one we have is a soda bottle cloche and it's we always giggle about it because it's like one of the most popular um pinterest items that we have on our pinterest and on our website yeah i'm looking at that one Um, right now yeah are you seven ways to upcycle plastic bottles in the garden yeah yeah this is these are awesome yes it's pretty cool there's some pretty great ideas there so yeah that's a really simple easy thing to be able to do um, and we have the instructions on our website for that one. So we didn't really discuss the the soda bottle. I just kind of interrupted. No, that's fine. Um, it's it's pretty much just like cutting the bottle in half, a two liter bottle, and then um, using like a a heat. Um, you know, you could put a pan on a stove, <laughs> and then you just really briefly with your heat source like melt the bottom of the um, where you made the cut on the bottle mm-hmm. to make it less sharp. And then you let it cool. And then you take the lid off. You can put it over top of your plants or you could put the lid on to add more humidity. You know, take the lid off and then airflow. Um, there's more airflow, less humidity. So yeah, that's just a really popular one. Huh. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one. Um, if you have, you know, a long handled shovel, a reader marked inch marks with a permanent marker on her shovel on the end of it um, for like one and a half or two feet worth of the length of the handle. And then uh, when she's planting, she can use it to measure how deep her hole is being dug or she can, you know, take the plant and the root ball and measure how, how wide it is and then try to get, you know, double that width for her planting hole because it's really important to have a hole that is wider than it is deep for plants to get their roots to grow horizontally. So it's a really easy way to have that little measure stick with you. You just need a permanent marker. Well, usually they recommend like twice the width and diameter. And I I mean, in this case, it's going to horizontal growth. The feeder roots are basically on that end too. I mean, they don't, it, it doesn't come in from a tap root, but it comes in from the ends of those horizontal roots itself. Beautiful. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. And this is okay, fun. so we're going to get into like a little bit more of design for a second here. I have design tips. Okay. Um, uh, how to use like one garden bed to have three very different looks that have flowers in every season. So multi-season interest is always important. I know it's very frustrating to have a whole patch of your garden devoted to plants that just bloom really briefly and then they're done and then it just is like a green mess for the rest of the year. So here is a tip. Um, I'm just going to run through a couple little plants that you put uh, in the same garden bed. So if you put your, you know, your spring blooming bulbs, then in spring they emerge and it bulbs always emerge first before perennials and then they flower just as a lot of perennials are just emerging from the ground. So they're small and short. You don't even really notice that there's other perennials in the bed. You just have your beautiful bulbs. 
um, tulips. And then as the tulips fade, that's when the perennials start to put on their growth and their foliage and they start to cover the fading foliage of the tulips because tulips, you know, um, they start to yellow, but you want to leave the foliage there. Yeah. And then, so then the, the, um, perennials emerge. So if you have like oriental lilies, alliums, and, um, Beatrice, Spike Blazing Star, and then mums is the other important one to put in this garden bed. Mums are great because they take a long time. They're slower, so they stay smaller, just like a little green mass of foliage in the summer as your summer flowers are blooming. So then, you know, the attention is on the summer flowers, and you can't really see the tulips anymore. And then there's the little surprise coming of the garden mom so that in the fall, after you have to cut back your lilies that have finished blooming and um, your liatris has finished blooming, then you have the mums that flower. They hide that dying foliage. And then you have another totally different looking bed that's really beautiful and full of flowers all year long. So it's a continual seasonal basket. Yeah. Sort of well, yeah. a constant, a constant color scheme. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're ta- we're, we're <laughs> talking basically garden tips with Chloe Dyke from Garden Gate Magazine, and yeah. Chloe's got some amazing, amazing uh, hints that are coming in from her readers. Um, and we were just uh, talking about basically the multi-season color scheme. I mean, we're talking with the tulips in the spring. We're talking the perennials that are going to graduate. Now, not all perennials bloom at the same time. However, right. um, that's why we ha- we're suggesting Garden Gate Magazine because they're going to recommend which ones are going to start to pop up first, second, third. And then you made the recommendation on the mum. Now, the mum's going to start blooming usually around the, well, sometimes around June. Uh, do you cut those back to it to stimulate more bud for the following, let's say, a September, October season? Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a really good point. You can um, trim them or, like, pinch back the plants so they are rounder and fuller. They put more effort into growing more branches, so they have a lot of flowers in the fall. That's a really good tip. See, Scott, I contributed. Very good, Mike. Thank you. Very good. We're proud. All right. Gold, let's keep going, Gold Chloe. star. Okay. So um, I don't know if this, got, if this happens to you guys, but I've started to notice that this happens to me a lot, is when I'm working in the garden, I lose my tools. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we know somebody that does this. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not opening up to anything. It's not losing. I know exactly that they're in my yard, but it's just, you know, you find them when either the following season or in the fall when you're starting to clean things up. And I, yeah. I, you, know, you know how many shovels I have? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I didn't realize what a problem it was until I, we get so many tips from readers about how to keep track of your tools. And I found myself working in the garden and being like, I really need to use that tip because I cannot keep track of my pruners and I have little kids, you know, so they'll like come bring it to me. They'll find it in the, in a little hidden corner of the garden. I'm like, well, you're too young to be carrying sharp tools around. I have mine. Just a little quick one here. I have mine in my silverware drawer. I mean, the, oh. the, the reason that I put it there, I mean, they're clean and uh-huh. uh, but um, I, I have them there because I, I every time I want to eat something, you know, I need a fork or a knife, and there's my pruners right there. I got three sets of them. In there. Go ahead. I mean, that was a way to keep reminding me where those are. But I can't put a shovel in there. Go yeah. ahead. Yes, 
I love that idea. That's how you know you're a gardener. You have your essential tools in the same drawer. <laughs> Fork, knife, pruner. Pruners. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So another way, a couple of other ideas are to use, um, have storage areas right in your garden. So that way when you're done using your smaller hand tools, you can just put them right into a, a mailbox. This is a tip, oh. put the mailbox, like a mailbox, mount it mm-hmm. somewhere in your backyard or even on your fence, fence post or something. Yeah. Then, you know, it protects, it adds some protection for your tools. They don't have to endure the weather, but they're right there in the garden when you need them. Um, another reader had a similar idea using old cookie tins um, that you can just kind of tuck like under a shrub. And in there, she stores like scissors, pruners, and some twine. So she can always like tie up a plant that needs to be tied up quick, do some deadheading. Are you talking like those old aluminum tins or are you talking the ones yeah. that grandma had, the ones that have, you know, galvanized steel? Yeah. Um, the heavy probably, duty ones? I guess either. Yeah, I guess either. The She had kind of like a decorative one in her photo. So. Okay, so she didn't. See, I'm jotting this down too. I gotta, yeah. I got to have a. Okay, I'll go over to. I have, I have some older customers that do a lot of baking, and I'm going to hit them up on that. Now, she, she scoots those in between the flowers. They just basically, I mean, is it there for design as well as uh, aesthetics as well, well as practicality? I think um, I think you could choose as a gardener which you would like if you would like to just hide it. <laughs> Maybe it yes. depends on how pretty your container is. <laughs> if it, if you like in special, you can put it in a spot that kind of works well with your garden bed. But yeah, yeah. up to you. Now you had a tip okay. on cleaning a pruner. Can I go and jump? Or are we going to do that later? Or we, I mean, oh, I'm, cleaning I'm, a pruner. Yeah, yeah. I see. Know, I'm I a pruner heard, person. I, I, I didn't know about that. Well, what can I now? Other than three a, you know, three and one oil, or WD forty. Yes. Yeah. Because that's I mean, toxic that's to the flowers problem. and the plants that I've been trimming. So I, you know, I got to wash that off after the fact. So it's kind of counterproductive. Yeah. So um, yeah, when you use pruners, like they get really gunky because you're cutting things with sap or sticky substances and. Um, is just, you know, wears out your pruners pretty easily. And you may think that you just need a new pair, but they're actually quite easy to clean. Um, let's see if I can remember. I mean, there's a couple different things. If they're really sticky, you want to put them into soapy water or, you know, any kind of warm water with a detergent in it. You can let them soak for a little while and then take them out in a little metal Scrubbing brush will be your friend to help you scrub off some of that sticky stuff. I had somebody um, tell me once about putting, you know, cutting a lemon off. I mean, sure, you're going to take tonic water. Uh, you're going to have your gin and tonic and that, but save the lemon peel in that. And then wipe what you're done well, right under the blade. And I guess it's the acid that's in there that breaks down the sap. But uh, okay. that that's one of them. But the soapy water it. and, okay, we're jotting this down. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can use like. I don't want to name any name brands, but let's say the, the liquid detergent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find if I have a little list. We have a list of some specific things you can use, but it's basically detergent. Um, if they are rusty, you can 
soak them in a jar of vinegar, you know, like a little mason jar. Really? Vinegar. Soak them, yeah. Vinegar? All right. And then, again, you take it out and you can scrub off some more of the rust with a metal brush. And I can see how that, the acid in there is going to break down the sap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, then you can disassemble your pruners to be able to sharpen them and kind of just, you know, clean out the crevices and everything. So this is like heavy duty cleaning your pruners. You disassemble it with the nut that's in the middle. And um, our tip is to have a piece of duct tape or heavy duty tape that you can um, place each little piece of the pruner onto the duct tape where it'll stick in order, you know, so that way you don't mess it up when you put it back together. That way you know what you took off first and that's what you're going to put on last and whatnot. You're asking a lot. You take it apart. Yeah. And then you can um, sharpen your pruners with a metal nail file or a diamond file with a little bit of water. Um, Or there are some tools you can purchase like a pruners um, sharpener. Well, can you use something that they use for like jackknives or when, you know, we were Boy Scouts, there was something called soapstone. That we used to just rub, yeah. it, rub it on there, and then that would sharpen yeah. it. Okay, soapstone. Yeah. Okay, now, soapstone. since you're talking, we're, we're talking pruners. Are there, mm-hmm. is there a variety of a pruner that you recommend over another? I mean, different mm-hmm. types. There's a bypass, and then there's an anvil. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, oh. Go for it. I mean, I want to hear what, what your recommendation is because I'm going to follow it. Well, um, let's see. We have, I'm trying to remember if it's on the website, but we have done some pretty comprehensive stories about cutting tools and the differences between them all. I think there is a story on our website about it. Um, And that can kind of break down what you will want to use when, you know, hand pruners. I don't know. I like those because they're pretty um, multi-purpose, just like the... the, um, you know, standard pruners. Um, so on, I don't know. There's just a lot of different options. In the Garden Game magazine, you have, a, you have a search engine on, on your website as well. Yes, so if I were we to go do. ahead and, and, and let's say type in garden pruners, it would go up to that and let's say the, the, the critiquing or the different varieties, the, you know, what you're looking for specific, something, the size, the, the, um, uh, yeah. and as well as the, the tips on cleaning. Um, lubricating, things of this nature, how to store it. I mean, I would never have thought of a bread pan for for growing seeds with nylon. And this is just, Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. Hey, we'd like to thank Black Diamond Garden Centers for sponsoring your Midwest garden. We record this podcast on site at the Toledo location amidst all the smells of budding flowers, the manures, the chicken schmutz, you name it. If you're in the Toledo or Perrysburg, Ohio area, please stop by either Black Diamond location for all your gardening needs. And remember, ask someone who knows. Okay, so we're still, we're, we're working our way up from the earth on up. So where are we heading next, Chloe? <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, you know, the earth on up, the soil, now we're with our tools. A few more tool tips. Cool. Um you know, bright duct tape on your handles can help you find where you put your tool down in like the grass or the garden bed or having um, somebody had a bright laundry detergent carrier or they made a carrier out of a bright laundry detergent, 
you know, bottle. They cut the top off and they can put like their pruners and their trowels and their gloves in there and just carry it around with them so they could see it and remember to put it back in that spot. Yeah, I don't know. We have so many tips about it. And at first I thought it was kind of funny, but the more that I work in my garden, I'm like, wow. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, like, like a I neon tape? Yeah, neon tape. Neon duct tape. Well, the, you know, like the construction guys that buy pink tape measures because no other construction guy would be seen with would it. Would be seen with one. So right. nobody walks <laughs> off with it. Well, it's like, no, okay, Scott, why are you carrying those nylons in your pocket? I mean, no, seriously. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is. Avi Dart, okay. You are going to be that person carrying around a lot of nylons in your garden Secure from with here it. on out. Okay. Okay, we got Chloe Dykey from Garden Gate Magazine again. And, um, for any of us that are basically curious as to the what, when, where, how, and why, I know you got thousands of tips. Um, we just went from the multi-season planting from the tulips to the perennials to the, like the mums, and then we're on the tools. Primarily, we worked on the, uh, the, the, the pruners themselves, or when you lose things like your shovels, Mike, hint, hint, wink, wink. What other tips might you have? Um, let's see. Organizing your shed is actually Ooh. really important. And I guess I suggest that you organize, you know, if you have a shed or a garage or wherever, a little corner of your house where you store your gardening stuff. Uh, Yeah, I know. But then otherwise you lose things or when you need them, it just adds like when you're inspired to go out in the garden or the weather is right, you need to be able to just go out in the garden and get to work. That's why I have six (laughs) shovels. You're right. Yeah, because broken tools and missing tools take all the excitement out of going out there. Well, I mean, you, you, yeah. when you got the energy to go do it and the and weather's right sudden, and the not raining wah, and wah. you just want to go and yeah, you're it right. It puts a hole in your bubble. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. all right. Now, um, the organizing is one thing, but I mean, when it's organizing, you're talking like what dad used to do for his tools, have a, a, a section of the garage or the wall to hang. This is for the shovels. This is for the, you know, the picks. This is for the trowels. Yeah. This is for... You're making it sad because I see by the time we're done gardening, I, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I just throw it in the, in the corner and say, I know where it is. And the older I get, the easier it is to forget things. Like uh-huh. I, I, I go to the bathroom and I forget what I go in there for. So in, in this case, you're strongly suggesting organizing that. Yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, and we have lots of tips to help you out to make it much less overwhelming but um, one of them involves like a basketball hoop rim. What? And if you have a shed, yeah. So you like just the rim without the net. You um, fasten it to like a, a stud in your um, shed. And then you put a garbage can underneath of it. And then you can store your long-handled tools in that garbage can. And then the rim <laughs> helps them from swapping over, over. Yeah. the big old mess. So... That's a nice one. That's a nice one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a couple of maintenance tips when you're working out in your garden. I like these. Um, when you want to just, you know, like do a quick deadheading or as you're taking your garden stroll and, you know, if you have like it bothers you to see like something is out of place or a weed needs to be pulled instead of pulling out the weed and then having to walk all the way to your compost pile or like what do you do with it now? A lot of people stick um, containers in, you know, like behind their shrub or wherever, where it's kind of hidden. 
That way you can have a spot to dispose of it right away. And then when, you know, that tub fills up, you dump it in your compost or wherever. Um, I like that. And one, one reader suggested having like a decorative pot, a container that you place into your um, garden bed because it can already add a lot to have like a pretty container in your garden bed. Um, And then it's just like your little secret that you throw your weed scraps in there. So kind of a double duty situation there. Yeah. Well, that's along the lines of a place to hide your tools and tin type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. I guess it's just about hiding, hiding the ugly things. The monster that you've created with your garden gate magazine, um, Chloe, Scott is now really, really heavily, and I mean it, I'm not making fun of this. He's really heavily into this stuff. And I thought it was just for old people, you know, way back when. Um, Uh This is more than therapeutic for him. This has become a passion, and I think we might have to institutionalize him pretty soon. But he's he's got, you've got, now wait a minute. I'm going to get to this. He just showed me a picture, and he wants to run, he wants to ask Chloe about this, because on your website, and even on your Facebook page, this man is now, if he could, he'd print this picture out and he'd put it up in his in his office. Oh, come on. Well, no, seriously. He's just, <laughs> this I'm, is about I'm the fourth a, day in a row. I don't work sports audio engineer because there's no sports, so I... Oh, this is... Yeah, finding I've myself to do something excited. around the pool. You know? I've never seen you this excited. So, so while we're talking tools a little bit in this, I told you earlier that I was going to give you guys a suggestion. And mm-hmm. the one of the ones you have on your site and your Facebook page is the do-it-yourself rain barrel. So yes. I took the rain barrel <laughs> in a different way. And Ooh. so for everybody that has a sump pump at home, and some pumps, you know, some people try to throw it to the street. Some people just have it running just outside, emptying away from their foundation. I took that exit pipe, that PVC pipe where it was coming out and threw it into a 55-gallon, you know, like it was a food barrel that, you know, all these restaurants tend to sell the 55-gallon blue ones after cleaning up. Um, So I bought that, cut the top off, and then cut a hole in it and ran some PVC. So my sump pump technically... Hopefully this is legal in my area. (laughs) Um, The sump pump drains into that 55-gallon drum. So then I bought for like 50 bucks a small little garden hose-style pump and put a garden hose on it and just a a regular sprinkler head. Nothing that needs motorized just because there's Mm -hmm. not enough power in this pump. And little a little float activator, so when the when the uh, I told you he was a technocrat. <laughs> so yes. so when it, it fills up, the little float triggers the the pump to start running, and it you know it basically waters. It, I mean, I got to manually move the sprinkler head, but it waters one side of my yard automatically without thinking about anything and that's just so it's almost like a a loop you know the water drains into the ground fills into one pump empties it into the other and then waters my lawn so it's recycling to the max well you're also getting some nutrients from that too i mean this is water from the you have a sump pump for your basement basically it takes when it hits a certain water level um then it takes it and it 
drains it into your 55-gallon container. There is nutrients in there. I mean, micronutrients, iron, manganese, things of this nature that you can capitalize on for everything in your garden. They've gotten this magazine. And I got to thank you, Chloe. You're the one that got this guy going. But <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, can Scott send a picture of his over to your magazine? It's not that impressive yes, to look at. honestly, do because I am very fascinated and I would like to see a photo uh, of it. Uh, to send multiple? I'm serious. I'll take all the parts out and make well, a parts list. Okay. All right, I'll do that. That's cool. Look, they That's even cool. have a thing here on boxwood blight. <laughs> Going back to my boxwood story. <laughs> That's how the whole thing started. His boxwood is still living. Back to the boxwood, yeah. <laughs> all right, Chloe, what else you got for us? Uh, let's see. Um, a little more design. Designing for birds and butterflies. Now that's big now, especially, I mean, in the Midwest, we've got, with this COVID thing that's going on, people basically are interested in growing things. Let's say if they're going to do a vegetable garden, they're going to do it organically. If they're going mm-hmm. to be doing a um, a flower garden, they want to draw critters in, especially if there's kids but i mean i'm a i'm a i'm an adult kid that likes to see the butterfly come in that likes to see the hummingbird do you have hints and ideas as to what type of plants basically or anything else that's going to draw them in yes i do yeah it's just really popular right now and it should be because butterflies you know need our help they need us to have their food sources especially um late season food sources for them as they're migrating back you know, gotcha. a lot of butterflies migrate back. They need goldenrod is a really good perennial to help get that blooms in the fall that um, butterflies love. Well, then it, 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 you're basically promoting not only seasonal color from flowers and gardens, you're promoting mm-hmm. basically the return. Are you finding that, let's say, I know butterflies have a limited lifespan, but hummingbirds, now most of those are territorial. They're kind of um, like a cardinal. Mm-hmm. If you draw them in, they're going to, uh, let's say, procreate. They're going to come back year after year to the same place that they came from. So once mm-hmm. you, it, it's going to turn into a responsibility that you're going to have to have. If they're going to come by and you're, you've brought in all the plants or the feeders or things of this nature, um, you're going to continue to draw them in. The kids are going to grow up. This is going to be a cycle of life that I think not only that you're going to do with nature, but you're doing with, with you know, uh, your children. I have one. Do you have one more thing that you can give us as far as a hint? I mean, we've basically you, you used you for a long time, and I'm sure you've got other things that you've got to take care of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. You, Regarding need a, you need a drum roll for this one? Something big? Oh, a drum roll. Yeah. Oh, Patoosh. Yeah, see, I see the monster well, that, you created. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let me let me look because I have a lot about birds and butterflies and about where to you know plant things. I guess I'll just run really quick through things you can do to make sure you have a habitat in your garden for birds and butterflies. Um, birds. It's funny that you mentioned hummingbirds and being territorial and all of that. We moved into a new home last year. And the previous owner was really did a good job of like providing for hummingbirds and cardinals. We have both of those types of birds everywhere. Um, but then this year I really trimmed back a lilac, lilac shrub that I think was part of a home for the hummingbird because yeah. it took a while for a hummingbird to come back. He was around and then he left mm. or something. 
Um, yeah, so like having shelter and places that you know that they will nest is important. Um, also just having um, shelter like small evergreens next to your um, bird feeders. So that way they have shelter to retreat to, to, retreat to if um, predators come. But also you don't want the bird feeders to be so close to the tree that a predator can climb the tree and get the birds. So you, you know, keep I never it about 10 feet. Yeah, 10 feet away. Now, yep. do you live in a wooded area or do you live in an urban or a suburban area? Um, is this, I mean, when you're talking predators, are we talking things like um, coyotes? I mean, they're not going to go after the hummingbirds or we're noticing, you know, a coyote, we're noticing fox coming in. But then there are oh, predator yeah. birds that are, you know, the owl, the the yep. peregrine hawk, our falcon. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. So, okay. Well, I never even thought of that, Chloe. I, I, I appreciate this, and I, I know that our listeners are going to appreciate this more, and Scott's just basically chomping at the bit. He, this we is got, fun. We got to let her go, man. She's got a life. I know, I know. I mean, I and, and the point here is is to promote the magazine and the website. So, Chloe, uh, can you repeat the website again? Yes. The website is GardenGateMagazine.com. And they have some specials going, because... Like you mentioned earlier, because I signed up, and you get like it's a digital. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a it's an actual magazine in your hand, and a digital yep. download, and there's a, a free book of some sort that they're offering yeah, we with often, it. Uh huh. Yep. We often have a free book. Um, we have promotions. Um, I don't know what the free book is currently, but we have. Um, books that we release every year that are about specific topics. So we actually have some books that are specifically garden gate tips and they're just the best of. So there's like, you know, hundreds of tips in one book and um, you can purchase those individual books on our shop, which you can access through our website. There's a shop tab. Um, So if you want to have a book of a lot of these tips, Go check that out. I think there's even a sale happening right now. Um, hopefully it's still going on when you're listening to this podcast, but that's in our shop. Um, also on our website, there's a tab along the top that says magazine. If you click that tab, that's where you can subscribe. There's a subscribe button. Um, super easy to do. Or there's also a button for submitting a tip, question, or design challenge. So um I think, Scott, you need to submit your tip about this rain barrel. I know he's got to. I'm going to hand him. And then, uh, yeah, I would love to see some more about that. But you can also submit questions if you just want to know more about anything in your garden. Um, Or if you have a spot in your garden that's tricky, um, we do a design challenge in every issue. So you can send us photos, tell us what you would like, and then we can um, provide a, a design for you. Oh, that's cool. Now, yeah, and then you could take that further and you can have readers submit designs for that person's place. Ooh, that's a very oh, interesting God. idea. All right. You guys, are, you guys are getting a little too comfortable here. Uh, the, the, the thing <laughs> that I, I like it. Yeah, well, here's, here's, the, here's the thing that I want to close with, too, and I was never able to talk about this. I'd like to invite you back on later on, oh, Chloe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's uh, I, I, the thing that, I, when I, that really struck my eye, too, was for those of you that are listening and you have little people, um, there, she, Chloe's been promoting certain books for certain types of outdoor, not necessarily entertainment, but education. 
Um, there's books out there for children that one, for instance, the honeybee, it went through the life cycle basically of what the honeybees do and what they're for. Um, there's, there's another one that's called in the, in a garden. There's one that's called colors, um, in the garden, plant, sow and make grow. It's kind of like a Dr. Seuss scenario, but basically the, 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 the children's books, uh, are, are basically fascinating. And the way that I, I explained earlier to Chloe I didn't really say that I'm going to go out there and get a degree in botany and I'm going to learn about entomology and all this 72-syllable stuff. My grandfather mm-hmm. took me out in the garden and showed me when I was four years old. And it's been a fascination of mine, uh, you know, for the last, well, 60-plus years. And children nowadays are not necessarily educated but are allowed to expand their minds to the outdoors and how things do grow, how you can create how you therapeutically can go ahead and plant things, take care of things, nurture things, and they, they respond. So I've got to thank you for at least throwing that in there, too. And if we yeah. can have you back on so that we can go ahead and um, discuss more. And, have, and we, as soon as Scott gets his pictures up there, I want to be able to mm-hmm. embarrass him on, on you know, his technique. When he sends these over, Chloe, you'll see how technical he is. <laughs> so where, yeah, it sounds technical. Where can people grab these books? Um, well, we, uh, you can go online to our shop or there are, uh, we're available in, you know, a lot of places anywhere you would buy a magazine. Um, it, that would be just the issue of the current issue, I guess. She, um, she so did yeah, research. Like oh. I'll throw that. Mike will give me the information. I'll throw that stuff in the show notes for the children. I, I, I want it on the way. Uh, yes. Yeah. If we yeah. can get it on our Facebook and on our website, that'd be super. And Chloe's a star yeah. too, because they have a YouTube page and uh, just yeah you re- sent me a chloe, video of, chloe of, of just chloe. did a video the other day so we're gonna we're gonna definitely try and promote this into the maximum <laughs> well i hope the listeners yeah. will take a moment and sign up for the garden gate magazine um even their mm-hmm. facebook page is very informative but the good stuff is in the publications go and mm-hmm. sign up for the magazines and it isn't uh, you know it, well it is nice to actually have a real magazine in your hands while you want to look something up rather than warming up your your iPad or something, and sitting out in your garden right. and planning your next year's crop. So, Chloe, any last magazine plugs or tips or hints, or you want to say just goodbye and we'll talk to you later? Yeah, well, I just love that we're ending with the note about the children. And, you know, I feel like we all have a little bit of a story where we grew up with somebody who was a gardener, or a lot of gardeners my age are influenced by our grandparents. And, you know, I think that we have to keep learning and growing in our gardening skills so we can keep passing it on to more children because they're super interested in it too and they deserve to know. So they deserve I hope to that know. people. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so I just, I hope that you can learn more through this podcast. It's super great. And Garden Gay is always ready to help people learn to, to garden better. So Chloe Dyke, thank you very, very much. Yes, Scott thank wants you so much, Chloe. Scott's in love with with this gardening thing. I, I I know you're gonna hear from him, and I know you're gonna see this 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 and and the boxwood that he almost killed. She challenged me, and I always take a yes, challenge. Yes, the miracle boxwood, awesome. Well, I look forward to it. Thanks, Thanks Chloe. Chloe Dyke from Garden Gate Magazine. We appreciate it, and we're gonna close and say to all your listeners out there, uh, I, please please do us a favor and go onto the Facebook. Uh, what a site for this magazine. I think you're going to become addicted just as much as Scott. See you later, guys. Talk to you. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. 
And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.